I can understand why the, why the apostles would have been particularly confused at this moment. Um, they've been hanging out with Jesus and then his death and resurrection has happened and there's all this joy about the resurrection and Jesus is victorious now. He's going he's gonna to establish the kingdom, surely. So we hear in our first reading today, this is the Acts of the Apostles, and they come together with Jesus and they're like, Lord, so the time's come? The kingdom's going to come about? Yeah? And he's like, yeah, well, actually, I'm going to leave. And then they're like, okay, so what about the kingdom then? Well, Jesus goes to Mount His throne in heaven instead of perhaps they had an idea in their mind of, of marching up into Jerusalem and setting up a nice palace and, you know, establishing the kingdom in that way. But that would have been really confusing for them, you know. Jesus just disappears. But what does Jesus actually say in response to their desire, their desire for the kingdom to come? He says, Firstly, it's not for you to know the times or the dates that the Father has set by his own authority. So firstly, he's saying that, don't worry, the Father is bringing about the kingdom and you don't need to worry about that. Don't stress. It's going to happen. You know, it doesn't depend upon you understanding everything. Then he says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And that makes everything make sense, doesn't it? Yeah. No, I think that's almost just as confusing. And then as he's saying this, he disappears from their sight. But as we celebrate the ascension today, Jesus himself is pointing us forward to the gift of the Holy Spirit that's to come. Twice in our first reading, just before he ascends, he mentions the Holy Spirit. And then also in our gospel, the last words that Matthew records, he's talking about the Holy Spirit coming upon us. So when we celebrate the ascension, we're necessarily looking forward to next week. Next week, we celebrate Pentecost when that spirit that Jesus had been talking about came powerfully upon the apostles, filled them. There was fire and there was wind and there was loud noises and there was speaking in tongues. And there was all sorts of stuff going on. Um, so we want to begin to prepare for Pentecost and how we want to open up to this gift of the Holy Spirit. We, if you were with us last week, you would have already been aware of this because Father Ken began reflecting on this theme with us. He was talking last week about who is the Holy Spirit, particularly the way that he is our advocate and our comforter. Today, I want to, with you, ask, what does the Holy Spirit do? And then next week, we want to look at how can we be filled with the Holy Spirit so that we can actually like, open up to this gift filling us. Um, so, what does the Holy Spirit do? Two answers I want to give to this because I think it's that simple. The Holy Spirit comes to do two things within us, essentially. Firstly, he comes to sanctify us, to make us holy, to make us purified so that our whole being is ordered to God, belongs to God. That's one thing that the Holy Spirit does. The second thing the Holy Spirit does, though, is that the Spirit empowers us. The Spirit gives us the power to do works to share in the work of God in a way that we never could have done otherwise, to do things that we could never achieve by our own strength. The Spirit gives these gifts that we can use to build up the kingdom. Unfortunately, these two topics are a little bit too big to, to wrestle with tonight. We might be here all night if I tried to speak about both the sanctifying and the empowering work of the Spirit. So today, I just want to talk about the sanctifying power of the Spirit. Um, if you're able to join us next weekend for the Awaken festival on Saturday to prepare for Pentecost. There'll be a bit more about the empowering there. Um, and also next week masses, we'll touch on that as well. But the Spirit comes to sanctify, okay? 
what does the Spirit do to us to sanctify us? There's two images I want to offer for this, how we can picture what it is that the Spirit comes to do. The first image I want to share with you is that of a powerful wind. And we see this in the accounts of Pentecost, that there is a great wind that, that rocks the house. I want to suggest that the, the Holy Spirit is a bit like a, a powerful wind that blows through the house of our soul and brings everything into order and makes everything new. Now, if you opened up a door or a window in your house and there was a particularly strong gust of wind coming in, what would happen? Maybe it would, like, knock some stuff over. If you had some sheets on the, on the like, paper on the table, it would, like, blow it everywhere. It would mess things up. Maybe it would blow in some leaves or some rubbish or something from outside, make the house messy. That's not what happens when the Holy Spirit comes in. Right? Picture the Holy Spirit coming into our souls as if our souls was a house. It's like we open up the door and this powerful wind comes through. And yes, it kind of shuffles everything around, but it makes it all ordered and neat. It brings uh, a cleanness, a clarity to our hearts, to our souls. It, it fixes things that might have already been broken instead of breaking things. Perhaps instead of bringing in rubbish from outside, maybe it cleans out some of the rubbish that's in there that shouldn't have been in there. So this powerful wind comes through our hearts and the Spirit wants to, wants to clean things up, wants to bring order, wants to make our souls new. This is this work of sanctifying that the Spirit does within us. That's one image. The second image I want to share with you is to come back to what the disciples were saying in our first reading. This, the kingdom of Israel is the next image that I want to because they, they were expecting that Jesus was going to perhaps march up into Jerusalem and establish his kingdom in an earthly sort of way. And this is perhaps what was in the hearts of the Jews for the last thousand years, for generations and generations. They've been waiting for this king. Um, they've been waiting for the kingdom to be established. And, you know, God said he was going to establish his kingdom in an everlasting way. Jesus spoke all the time about the kingdom of God. So they were probably picturing what was going to happen when Jesus stepped up and became king of the whole nation. And this literal earthly image, I think, can help us a bit. Because if we imagine what would have happened if Jesus had done that. Perhaps he would have driven out any enemies or anyone who was opposed to his rule, would have gotten rid of them, banished them from the lands. Um, perhaps there would have been kind of structures in society or even, you know, buildings and that that were part of the old regime that needed to be torn down and perhaps some new structures built up because we've got a new way of life going on now with this new kingdom. The citizens of this kingdom, I think, would have found a new unity. I think there would have been a lot of reconciliation um, compared to the, the, the fighting or the disharmony that was there in the old kingdom. Perhaps people that have been separated for a long time might have been able to come together where in whatever the previous rule was or the previous kingdom, there might have been fear and confusion and doubt would have been replaced by peace. Yeah, peace and security, trust in this king who's now caring for us um, and a new experience of freedom and joy. I think each of these aspects of what this earthly kingdom might look like can translate into what the Spirit wants to do in our hearts, though. Because really, while Jesus has left, and yes, he mounts his throne as king of heaven, 
the kingdom is starting to come about in the world, but the Spirit comes and makes the kingdom real in our hearts first. Then we're invited to bring about the kingdom in the world, but the Spirit first comes and makes the kingdom of God a reality in our hearts. And He might do that by driving out enemies, by getting rid of that work of sin, that work of evil upon our heart. Because yes, when we're filled with the Holy Spirit, sin doesn't have that power over us anymore. We're free to live for God. He might be tearing down some of the old structures that we had in our life or in our hearts. Some of those habits that were tearing us away from God, those values that were getting in the way of our relationship with God. And perhaps he's going to build some new structures, structures of prayer, habits of virtue, so that we can love like God calls us to. There would be reconciliation with us and with others. You know, a new love for others and a closeness that we couldn't have achieved other than with the Holy Spirit. There would be replacing this fear and this doubt and confusion that we find in our hearts with peace and with trust, and with hope, with security. When the Spirit comes in and establishes the kingdom of God in our hearts, he reveals to us the love of the king. It's not like we just got rid of one ruler and we get a new ruler who now we can fear someone new. But when Jesus can be king of our hearts, we discover how much he loves us, what it means to be part of his family and his kingdom. And when we experience that love, it draws forth a love from us. Not just a, a, a slavish desire to obey the king, but a a love and a faithfulness for this King. That's what the Spirit brings about in our hearts. This is what I've experienced as the Spirit has moved in my life, particularly um, some years back when the Spirit first really broke forth in my life in a big way, turned things around, and there was lots of different kind of structures that changed or habits. There were things that I stopped doing. There were things that I started doing. There were things that I did in different ways, new ways of thinking, but underneath it all, really, was this motivation that having discovered God's love for me, that I wanted to live for his glory every day. It was like everything within my heart was now ordered towards love of God. And this is what it can look like when the Spirit comes and sets up this new kingdom in our hearts, the kingdom of God within us. This is what the Holy Spirit does. This is what sanctification can look like for us. This is making us holy. And this isn't just a once-off thing. This isn't just something that we expect is going to happen next Sunday when the Spirit fills us. That It's just, I'll pray for it today and then that's it. Um, this is a lifelong process that the Lord wants to strengthen us and build us up, draw us more deeply into His love, sanctify us more and more, make us holier and holier. But today, I particularly want to direct our attention towards next week as we celebrate Pentecost, as we want to invite the Spirit to come and move in our hearts in a powerful way, that we can think about, listen, listen to our hearts, listen to what's going on there, listen to what we see there, and say, what work does the Spirit need to do in here? Perhaps as you listen to some of these images, some of these aspects of this holiness the Spirit wants to bring, you might be able to see some areas that the Spirit's already done a work in you. He's already been restructuring things, 
already been healing wounds and turning things around. But perhaps you might also recognize that there's some areas that need some work, that that's what I, that's what I really want the Lord to bring to me, that grace of freedom or that grace of new hope. So this week, we want to take up together just reflecting on, on what work we want the Spirit to do. There's a number of ways we can do this. Um, you'll see there's a handout in the bulletin this week with a number of different scripture texts that align with some of what I've been saying, but there's some stuff there that's extra as well about how the Spirit might work in us. There might be one of these images that I've said that you might want to dwell on and say, how do I want this Spirit to come and work and make me holy in my heart? Well, there's an opportunity for us to reflect throughout this week so we can really come to Pentecost with a hunger, with an expectancy that I, I want the Spirit to come and move in this way. So as we reflect, I just leave you with this question. You know, if this is what the Holy Spirit does, this is how the Holy Spirit makes us holy, what do I want the Holy Spirit to do in me? What do I need the Holy Spirit to do in my heart? Hello, Father Dan here. If this homily has been helpful, there are a few things I'd love for you to do. Firstly, subscribe to this podcast or share this episode with someone who might find it helpful. And consider also helping us to expand our mission and reach out to more people by donating at stbenedicts.com.au forward slash donate, or you can click on the link in the podcast description. Thanks so much for joining us and have a blessed week.